In short, there are three things that last, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Love Lighthouse podcast. Today's broadcast you're going to find out is really quite long. It involves um different experiences which have actually happened in a um the weekend prior to this one with the trips to or the trip to rather Scotland's version of um Lourdes or the worship centre for the Lady of Lourdes. Um so that was on Trinity Sunday. So it does reflect a lot back to then and there's a healing um, message and recommendation at the end of this which occurs and um, based upon this and what comes through from God and the Lord and putting God first and um, how to put God first and love your neighbour well this is how you do it you put God first <laughs> so what we're going to do is there's going to be a, a recommendation that follows from this and and I think it will be really fun and helpful for so many people and it will inspire and bring about healing this happened for the furtherance of the gospel um, all of what happened and you're going to hear how it unfolds so the furtherance of this gospel is to put Christ first to put God first to build the relationship with God and to break any bonds of covetousness welcome to love lighthouse podcast and the broadcast today is for Saturday the 19th of June 2022. I'm recording this at the beginning of the week, um, on the Monday the 13th of June 2022. And this part is going to be quite interesting because it's actually from something that ended up happening fairly recently. And it's something I have a reflection on. It's interesting. Hmm. So, first of all, we're going to go to chapter one of the Epistle of Paul, the Apostle to the Philippians. And chapter one, verse 12 it is, But I would ye understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Different things that happened to us happen and sometimes we're not all sure how to deal with it in the moment we might have we might want to have certain reactions or knee-jerk reactions or responses sometimes these responses are vital through the holy spirit sometimes we have to reflect a little while oh get it get a little bit of introspective but other times we do we do still need to respond even though it's still going to require some sort of like reflection or introspection what was happening is that there was this kind of situation um, and it really is all about our earthen bodies, I believe, and how we feel within them, what's happening within them, but how also that's linked spiritually and intertwining and I can see like a kind of chord, you know, I'm thinking about this chord with God now many of us have this 
I'm I want to say story or narrative or understanding, but it is a physical, it's a manifested physiological understanding that many of us hold, and this isn't just with me, this isn't just with a group, a small group or a church, but this is universal. It's not just one country or nation. It's typically, I would say, unless there's a pocket of people that have manifested differently, typically speaking, this particular manifestation is something that is entirely worldwide that we have a narrative on, but it's a physiological narrative that's actually manifested in many people throughout the world. And even you could say could be interpreted and understood from parts of the Bible as well about this type of pain. The woman will be in pain and labour and bring forth, or until she brings, she will be saved through childbirth, all this kind of thing. But even the labour itself is being painful. The times in between, either painful spiritually, some people wonder, or physically with perhaps that time of the month. And you think, well, what about those nuns out there? What about us that are chased and celibate? You know, what is this that we go through? And, you know, the fact that I'm, I've just got to say, I'm so blessed. I'm really thankful. And I can say at this time where I maybe would have talked about this kind of thing before I have the, thankfully, the, the confidence of the spirit. But perhaps I'm, I have a great depth of thanks for my physical body that, well, you know, I'm glad to talk about it. Um, I'm glad to be able to in many ways. But right now, I'm physically suffering pain because of the menstrual cycle. And I'm like, wow, I can actually say that. That's an amazing thing. There are so many people that don't have that. And I think I'm so thankful that I have the gift to be able to procreate, to be able to to do that if obviously that's what I was called to do and I was in a committed situation with someone that I could trust and wholeheartedly that God had placed me to be with and that was what I was geared up for and entirely meant to be I you know that's perfect so I'm so thankful that I have the opportunity to even although God, for whatever reason, has me on my own, but I am in that level of pain. And I think that this is something that we can cross-transfer to other areas of pain. Now, this level of pain isn't a... I wouldn't say it's sinful that we've chosen something on our own or differently or whatever, that women have this. It's it's not... We wouldn't call it justified. Fight <laughs> like a justice. I mean, it's not as oh, we've decided to do something against our own bodies. This is just what we're born into, and although there is a perhaps a a spiritual, to emotional, and mental, physical manifestation as well to a certain extent, um, it's not like we've you know made this major sin on purpose, and that's why we're suffering menstruation. It is a gift. But it also incurs this, um, can incur quite a bit of a cross in many ways physically, you know, with what happens along with the comfort to uncomfort level. So 
sometimes we get a certain way if we can cross transfer this for other people that might be going through any type of pain not not something that are, they're necessarily meant to go through like we are meant to have menstruation as far as I am aware and believe at this time I still believe that that's you know that is the case and um anyway so there are some people that might go through pains that they're not really meant to it's not healthy whereas this is considered a healthy pain how can that even be possible right but you know what I mean but other people might be having other types of pain but there could be still things that we could transfer with this now when we get like this we can get almost quite particular with things that we might need to do at this time a time like this to make sure that we're not suffering unduly because we know that when we do or if we do it can not only impact us but it can have a ripple impact outside of us so sometimes we can get a bit funny about making sure we're okay and we're looking after ourselves or we have a certain level of comfort that we can control perhaps and I noticed that with some of the things I tried to organize yesterday as well like when we were headed off to it's basically I say it's a large version but it's a version of a a a grotto a space of worship for the the Lady of Lourdes and so yes it is built to a certain extent based upon um, some kind of grotto in France as well on Lourdes itself um, but yeah anyway we were at that version in Scotland and we're heading to it now someone had said to me specifically no, we're, <laughs> this is just a thing because people are trying to like I was trying to like pair pair up people or like trying to kind of like almost like make friendships, but it's like you have to respect the process of things. Sometimes we literally are, we can have friends, we can have associates, etc. But we are some of us meant to be set apart for the ministry and what we do. So you can't like force people to become like friends just by calling them that or pals or something like. I do not do that. Because it also carries like other connotations which people like, put into that, which is not to do with I think, but what other people do or say. I don't do that, so it's not the way that we express or explain things. And again, it's a respectful process that people have to adhere to. So I would say that, do oh, this is. Um, someone who's a pre-associate or associate in some ways in terms of associated by a church but pre-associate more personally even though we're all a greater family spiritually and um, many of us have to come into other alignment uh, physically in the physical form in terms of how we um, you know interact face to face so at that level all round it's more kind of like pre-associate to associate and just still kind of getting to know each other so um, she had said that she would, you know, beat me for, for that, for going on the, the, the bus there. And it was a last minute thing. It was a service. So it was kind of like, I didn't see it as like, well, you know, I thought, well, it, it's a gift. But for me, initially, it was just a pure calling. So there was no, like, hey, let me, 
you know, do this, especially with that time of the month, it's like, okay, pick up your cross and go. I'm not saying that was even before I had, um, you know, said that we would go. So it was nothing to do with pick up, picking up a cross to do with her initially at all. So I just want to make that clear. But the picking up the cross was the actual going there, especially during that the menstrual cycle, that kind of thing. I didn't tell anyone this, but I'm opening up about it now. So it's, it was a cross, even although everybody would think, well, that's a lovely thing normally. It was a cross because of that situation. So we just have to make it clear. And um, because it wasn't something I planned, I planned just to kind of like what well, other people would be going to. And I was quite happy with that. And I wasn't going to be. Um, I have been before and uh, I didn't feel any calling before in terms of having to serve. But I felt a calling to serve then. So it made no prior arrangements for it. It was last minute. It just happened to be that people had said at church. And I felt a call on the Holy Spirit to take upon that. Um, some sort of form of action, so picking up the cross and going with that. And I'm like, okay, um, could you put my name down for this? And um, the person kindly did. And everything seemed fine then. And wasn't until, you know, I actually got on the bus and I had already, I think it already, did I already hear? No, I hadn't already, wait a minute. Oh yeah, I did actually already hear. Like during um, the kind of coffee time, about information, I'm not going to say any names, details, or too much information, but information was given to me by someone who I'd end up later up meeting with there. Um, and again, pre associate to associate level, but information that would pertain to how they get on, who they got on with, and a particular person that didn't seem to get on with them. Um, I noticed that slightly when we got on the bus hmm. anyway and then on the way back hmm. it's interesting I'm seeing di- different dynamics and stuff like that but I'm not going to say too much about it anyway anyway Forget that, that side. <clears throat> Still kind of reflecting on that and uh, different kind of aspects of different things and um, all the rest. Hmm. I'm not going to pin 100% on this. I'm going to wait and see. Anyway, um, so it had a case that aside, so here I am. I'm thinking perhaps this is the, the other part of the cross unfolding now, like getting to see, you know, different dynamics and understanding and then having to reflect on that brings in a new level of things that can be a convenience or inconvenience. And I'm like, oh gosh, right, okay. So I didn't really get the inconvenience as much then because nothing much was coming to the fore. But the, the, um, the general day was, you know, such a blessing for us to be able to go and for it to be booked anyway, even though you know, I was going to serve um, with the Lord and I didn't have any personal needs or wants to go there. Um, this is also a day where people who were sick or ill could go and be anointed. 
Um, so I had no preconceived ideas with that, but I thought perhaps God wants me to go there um, to help heal others. So I didn't have any notions for myself um, because I thought, well, I've got to be standing in the faith. Um, in terms of Jesus did heal us. So even I'm, although I'm going through this, and even although it's not like, um, as someone would say, like karmic or it's not like, um, and let's look at it less pagan way, but let's look at it in the proper way that it's not something of sin to have the menstrual cycle in terms of like us personally. Although many would say, well, it leads back to um, the sin of Adam and Eve. But um, personally speaking, no. So <clears throat> even although that's still there, perhaps there is something that, you know, could still be manifest in terms of comfort level with it by linking into the fact that Jesus has healed us by his stripes in that way. Which is something I have to delve deeper into. Um, but in any case, I have to stand by that overall in general with like, anything else. And so I'm like, why to turn around and go, no matter where my my level of understanding, wisdom, and how that's manifest in the physical form and where it is at any point, for me to jump down the scale or, you know, not believe in that and not stand in that and not remember that or like unfold in that and unfold something else instead would not be defending the faith and it would be a moment of unbelief. Now, it's not to say it isn't a shame for people that are going through that um, in a deeper way with things that, you know, that they're not really meant to have or they're, it's not, you know, I read menstruation is something I'm meant to have, but some are having something else that they're not meant to have um, really, truly, and suffering from that. It's not to say, you know, that's terrible and then because they're not believing it is such a shame for people um, like that, that they're going through that in any case because there is something within them which needs to be unraveled and worked through that they shouldn't have to go through and we should still and very much be praying for these people that are going through this um, you know especially those that have got things that, that that really aren't so much their fault. You know, you could say with some people, well, certain people are doing things to their body which might manifest in something that they should really be stopping doing and that they have therefore more of a responsibility in that. But then there's other people as well that might be doing that out of something that, you know, is manifest from something else which is not really their fault. So we have to be careful and, and looking things with um, eyes of compassion and hearts of compassion as much as possible as well. And I felt that when I was there to the point where there was someone behind me and they looked very smart and they seemed all together. And they, they had lots of black on, black cap, black everything. And I thought, goodness, he seems so smart. And she took it off. And underneath it all, you know, Um, I think she was one of the ones that needed to be anointed or healed. And all of a sudden, after having already picked up the Bible and um, my coffee had kind of 
entered out a little bit from my flask onto the Bible and the Bible was open at a certain place and glory to God and it was all about the anointing wait a minute let me see if I can find it oh my goodness still got coffee all through it with the page that it was open to and I did not open this myself so it is so this is so divine and the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom. And when the centurion which stood over against him saw that he so cried out and gave up the ghost, he said, Truly this man was the son of God. There were also women looking on afar off, among whom was Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James the Less, and Joseph and Salome, who also, when he was in Galilee, followed him, and ministered unto him, and many other women which came up with him unto Jerusalem. And now when the even was come, because it was preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, an honourable counsellor, which also waited for the king, <clears throat> kingdom of God, came and went in boldly unto Pilate, and craved the body of Jesus. And Pilate marvelled, if he were already dead, and calling unto him the centurion, he asked him whether he had been any while dead, and when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. And he brought in linen, and took him down, and wrapped him in the linen, and laid him in a sepulchre, when he was hewn out of rock, which was hewn out of rock, and rolled a stone unto the door of the sepulchre. And Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of Joseph, beheld where he was laid. And when the Sabbath was past, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulchre at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulchre? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulchre, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified, he is risen, he is not here. Behold the place where they had laid him. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him, as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulchre, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Now when Jesus was risen, early the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him, as they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, believed not. After that, he appeared in another form unto two of them, as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue. Neither believed they them. 
so that is basically what came up yesterday and that was just before people were anointed um mm. but the thing is they were physically anointed it went to that stage in that level so what this was telling me was is that this is all to do with like people's level of belief or that lack thereof and so with that bearing that in mind and it's like what was highlighted to me was they believe not that Jesus is risen so the people that were being were going through this um having to be anointed they didn't believe in the resurrection of Christ so they're in unbelief and that's what all that was telling me but they were suffering as a result and I'm like oh my gosh that's so sad and the compassion even for that for the lack of belief I started crying tears were flowing out of my eyes I couldn't stop like they were just like flowing like I thought my gosh I couldn't stop them they were like, literally like flowing into my um my open bag that I had um that I'd taken the bible out of and all of a sudden it was like at this level of like um upset for the women that had been behind me in particular and lots of other people but mm. Mm. but in that moment and I wasn't even thinking about myself I was thinking about everyone else Even the pain that I had, which is more so known as a, just something that comes from something that is a blessing, being able to have children and um, that menstruation, that entirely stopped. This well running up through me, the wellspring as you talk about, um, of that care for everyone else. Oh, there we go. That was healing. I actually felt healed from that, through that. And it was just bursting up through me, this feeling of deep comfort and and love and a warmth and the pain from that, which is supposed to actually be good that time of the month. It, it totally alleviated but again, it wasn't out of anything for me. I wasn't crying for my pain. I was crying for other people. And the pain that they weren't, or whatever it was that they might have been going through, that they weren't supposed to be, to be having. It was the care for other people that brought up this huge wellspring of comfort within me for something that I considered that was just, you know, it's just normal to be, you know, in a bit of discomfort at least, um, with regards to menstruation. That totally alleviated. So God even took that the pain from something which is meant, which is actually a blessing, he took that away in that moment.
There was other times as well I did cry later on too. Um, because I was there and experienced what the woman that I'd met had told me about and how she experienced situations with one particular woman. And me being there, um, from what I consider the intent that I held to serve that day, meant that obviously I was not prepared, I literally, um, I even had to lie down before I came out. I did make soup and things and other bits and pieces that I thought I needed to bring for us. Um, and uh, all the rest, but that was not something I prepared well in advance or etc. Like, you know, got different things ready or didn't bring anything. I just do not, like, I typically don't, like, carry money either or anything like that. Um, there's like a long held thing about this as well. It's like even from the time of my daughter's private school, like it manifested there, like in the group, and it's a long held belief that you know, and it is, it's as biblical as well, and church based to a certain extent too. But there's so it pulls against this. There are aspects of the, of um, I suppose societal things that. Maybe the church have got used to that, or people or certain people in the church, or maybe not everybody, but certain people in the church have got used to, and this came up. Um. So yeah, even within our like private schools, like you don't do that. You don't. You just don't do that. You do not carry money, and this even stems back from like. My nana. I mean, she. I think she reluctantly allowed me to, you know, well, I did have a piggy bank at times, that was because it was like back in that kind of time of things where, you know, before I even had my own card or stuff like that, and eventually I did get my own card for the bank and everything was done that way, but that's from a legal point of view of like what's right to have at that age, but like she would allow me to put it away into a piggy bank, that would be it. Um, she didn't really, I don't think she really liked or believed in the idea of, like, having, like, you know, body or touchy body. It was, like, considered, like, dirty, that kind of thing. Um, and there is an aspect to the church, of the Roman Catholic Church, which that does coincide with. But then there's the opposite, which still kind of carries on to a side of that church where, you know, if there's collections or things, um, people will kind of go to it. But it's like, I'm not one of those people that generally, like, I just don't do that. Like, I do not do that. I don't carry it around. And then there's the the opposite thing of, or the idea of, well, how do you do it then in secret if you do it in another way, like through card, and how are you doing it in a way that is not being seen by a man or, like, counted out or whatever, you know? How do you go about do that in between all of these different held beliefs and structures and from the spirit to everything else as well when you're going to serve you're not you know what I mean it's like take no this or that with you that's what it's like um to a large extent especially for that for which I was called to but the other person hadn't brought anything out either again I wonder back to this like for my even my daughter's private school it's like that would be considered I actually read a piece um an article in one of their policies and 
so I'll just open it up to you so you can understand. People might be listening in from church, so you might hear a wee bit more and understand from this. So from her private school she went to, there was documentation and a policy which was made. And the policy came up with this, that we should be aware if there are children that are wandering around with money on them, like physical money. And you, you think, okay, they're talking about children by age, but we can transfer this to our adulthood and consider this and look into it a little bit more is something that I have done. Um, and I try not to overly judge it and try to go over it, but to be honest, it, it's, it is deeply held in scripture anyway, and we need to consider this. Um, and if you do look to why, what reasons would you, ha- would you do that? You might uncover and might gain a, a greater understanding. So, Here's what it says. The policy stated that it could mean, in fact, is most likely to mean that there's an element of abuse going on if a child is found to have physical money on them. So there you go. Um, it shouldn't be required. It isn't required to cross the hands of, in other words, of, of um, children or people of God. That is what the school's belief um, held. In fact, their motto is be still and know. So that might give you an indication as to, to where it is and who it is. But yes, yeah, very godly, very godly inspired. Independent private school, mostly well thought of in, in many arenas. Um, perhaps, you know, it's like, well, if there's supposed to be not like that level of, of money, um, focus put into things, and yet some would say, but well, the private school, it, it is focused on that, or it has to be, but it is actually, it's a, I think, to believe it's, it is a business, but it's also a charity, so it's charitable in business as well. But in any case, um, back to this. So that's something that's, you know, ingrained and long held, and it's like, it's just not the done thing. We don't do that. Um... Uh, if if I go ahead to do that, like I have to actually try to do it and I have to step over all these levels of wisdom and understanding and push against them in order to do anything different. Anyway, so for me, it's definitely not my first go-to place. It's never my first go-to place, especially as I'm going to pick up the cross and to serve. It's never my go-to place with, with regards to when I'm, my focus is on to serve. Like I'm not looking to get something back or to transact or to take anything away from it I'm looking to serve so it's like it's a different thought feeling process altogether anyway this person was going around collecting and I'm like oh my gosh never even anticipated that collecting for the driver and so the person that I'd been that I'd met up with I don't know what their reasoning was I mean that's my reasoning behind it like I just it's not the dumb thing it wasn't the radar and not the intent of the entire situation at all so I'm like here to serve Last minute, they, there just happens to be like, seats on the bus. I'm just going, kind of thing. And it have been put on. Thankfully, again, thankfully, there's the opportunity to do that. And there are going to be blessings that I didn't even count on. But that's not my intent. The intent was to serve. So I'm like sitting there. I don't know what the, the persons that, you know, I was called to meet with. I don't know what their intent was. But they didn't happen to have anything on them at all either. Um, But I think they had planned it, that they were actually going to be attending this. And I do believe this was already 
in advance in terms of for them. So perhaps different, different reason, different situation there entirely. I don't know, but I think there probably was between us. But they didn't bring anything either. And I think they might be well versed. I don't know, maybe not. Maybe not. It might be something else that's going on. So I'm not going to really judge that either. As we don't know. Um, yeah. They would normally go on these sort of trips with the church. So it's something they're kind of fairly used to. In any case, um, this person was going around doing perhaps what the person that I was meeting would maybe normally expect. Again, I don't know. Um, you don't know memory-wise what people are carrying and what they're not, what they've attached to or what they've not personally either, no matter how many times they've been on something, so I'm not going to overly judge. But in any case, um, she didn't have anything to give into that either. And the person that was collecting piped up something, which in the spirit, again, I need to reflect on that. I'm like, is that really? But in the spirit, I discerned that it was... And again, this would be like, well, where does this come from? Is this like, you know, mm-hmm. But it was like, it didn't seem appropriate. It was like a quip. Well, you've got on this for free. And I think it might have been perhaps been to do with, or perhaps more the person that they usually don't get on with. But in any case, I wanted to know, because obviously I was sitting there for, for righteous reasons, for good reasons, like through just following the Holy Spirit, not, you know, just to be like totally clean, pure and going there with them, out thinking about all these different things. Um, so I, I wanted to know, I was like, who are you speaking to? Like, are you speaking to me? Uh, so that I could then therefore interact on that level. Um. And if not, then obviously I would know it was directed at the other person. And so she was like, no, no, no. In other words, not speaking to me. So I'm like, what? And it just still didn't seem right. I'm like, well, listen, not everybody's focused in that way. Some people are focused on God and other people are focused on the world or like more focused on money and these different things or to do these different things. But not everybody's focused in the same way or coming with the same intent. And it's, you know, in other words, I was referring to, to what they were saying as, is it's not appropriate to speak or to, you know, to give quips like that to people. Well, you do. How do you know? How do you know? For example, if I'm chosen and I'm put into a situation like that, no, it's not for free. I am put on the... I am in that situation to serve. So, although, again, it wasn't perhaps based at me, it was based at the person that they do not go on with, I still had to overhear that. I still had to experience that um, uncomfortableness that those pair have between themselves. And so the Lord would have it, that I would have to experience that. And then I had compassion all of a sudden for the person that was going through this all the time from that other person that was doing the collection because she'd let me know that this is something that she goes through with that other person all the time on a consistent basis. I did do checks on it. 
Again, I'm not going to go into any particular judgment overall on it because I don't know what's going on personally between them altogether. But I did notice and follow up on the body language and I did notice she didn't tend to like speak or look at her. But I was going to try with her being near the group and be near us uh, overall. I really don't know. I've still got to figure it out a little bit more, um, perhaps. But, you know, there, there might be, you know, a reason why that person feels that way. But, you know, I still had to hear that and I shouldn't have had to have heard that or experienced that at all. At all. No matter what those two are going through. Um, mm, but it did give, whether it was just or not, I still had compassion for the person that had to go through that on an ongoing basis. And I just started crying again. I'm like, oh my gosh. This is crying for them. I'm like, do you have to experience this all the time? And she was like, yeah. I was like, oh my gosh. And I just, tears just were flowing. Like, and it was, again, it was out of compassion. But this time for that woman that had experienced this uncomfortable situation between her and that person. So I per- perhaps was called to go through that. Because in doing so, I would also be helping, oh my gosh, Simon, Osirene, helping to pick up the cross of someone else. Whether anyone maybe felt or they felt or whoever felt it was just or not. Um, I don't think so. Uh, really I could yeah I, I was lifting that I just think that's awful God bless her don't know she's not my pal or my friend we literally just met and spoke for the first time yesterday and I guess that's what it was I didn't know what it was going to be but perhaps it was to pick up or help her carry her cross to have compassion through sitting there I had not been called the Holy Spirit to serve that day would not have known what that woman had gone through or what she, what she was going through on a consistent basis I don't have to go through that with that person I mean that person I've never had a problem before that I've been aware of Um, I have kind of looked and thought well I'm not too sure about some things but overall generally speaking we tend to go on okay so as I say it wasn't through it wasn't until I got through that or sitting beside that person that I then learned all these other things that she was going through with that other person that I had never experienced before. So, hmm. Hmm. Very interesting. Hmm. Bless. I'm not saying any more on the topic. I'm going to say about the, the bus. So so we do things perhaps in certain ways that, you know, maybe our focus is in, in 
certain areas and not in others with regards to you know if you're in pain if you're going through something perhaps it's just you know you're just not called to to be focused on other aspects that you're called to be more focused on some aspects that will alleviate or um do certain things and to help with perhaps a burden of which is across um so we have to have compassion for that but I was called strongly in the Holy Spirit going back to sit at the front of the bus. Is it, is it, who was it that went to the front of the bus? I also had makeup on that day and someone had made remarks with this. And I also overheard remarks about, um, you know, skin tones. So there were kind of like racial things going on there um, that I experienced. But that was, that was, I don't, I really usually don't wear makeup. And today we've got something that's coming out about this as well. But again, um, I did for the first time um, in a while in terms of like that type of like foundation. I never wear that in church. I ne- like, never, um, and I say that now, but maybe that'll change going forward every now and again. Like, it's not a terrible thing, but it's not the basis of which we are to judge ourselves or, or others on. Um, and we're not going to like see that as being, you know, the what we adorn ourselves with has got to be um, our good works rather than, you know, what clothes we're wearing, what perfume, jewellery, other things that we might add to ourselves, that kind of thing. It's got to be more about the good works than anything else. Um, But in any case, it was good works for me and I was getting to do this. But that is part of today's, which is, you know, the day of recording Monday's um, message, the 13th, Monday the 13th of June, 2022. But anyway, coming back to this, what happened yesterday... Um, for our Saturday the 18th of course that we're on 2022 um, but looking back at yesterday because this will extend into this day for whatever reason God's got that um, but looking back at this I, I did have that so I did experience with that makeup on that you know, people would make certain um, remarks so that just happened to be like in our um one of our kind of compartments um, and it perhaps isn't a skin tone colour that I had chosen. I don't know why mum had chosen it and put it out but there you go. So I just happened to utilise that so that's what I get isn't it? Anyway so it perhaps was slightly more darker than but you wouldn't really notice because it kind of all like blends in and like I do have aspects of my skin which um, I managed to tan. It took me ages trying to tan when I was like a teenager out in America. I'm like, I'm so white. Like every time I go out into the sun, I just get whiter rather than anything else. Like I think I had a good protection on my skin, right? But I kind of broke through that. Um, I actually considered it healthy. I didn't know what I was doing or think of it any other way. But I thought when I broke um, the, the bounds of that, that it was actually healthy that my skin started to get colour. Um, so naturally my skin is like really white and would go whiter in the sun for a time. It wouldn't be until like I'd broken the actual bounds or like allowed myself to be out to the point of going past getting burned that um, my skin actually began to tan. Um, but it is, you know, it's very protected and it heals itself and it's got to the point where, you know, well, I, as a sensible adult, obviously now, would go on to doing that. I 
do believe that the sun is still healthy and um but I do try and like protect myself as well because in one year where I didn't do this on purpose, you know, wasn't like the way that I was thinking as a teenager, like, you know. Um I didn't do it on purpose, but I did get quite a bit of sun on my cheeks when I was in Scotland, would you believe, in the Highlands of Scotland. Um it was just so warm there and I didn't expect it to be that warm that it would get to my cheeks. So I protect that area in particular so um it continues to like heal and you know, won't get anything wrong with it, like, again. So I do wear, like, Factor 50 on just to ensure that I'm looking after the gift that I have been given, like, as a, you know, sensible, like, understanding, like, oh, maybe that's not quite what's supposed to happen. But again, it wasn't intentional in that time when that happened. So, um, generally speaking, there are still areas which will, as a result, be able to kind of get a little bit more, Sort of tan perhaps at times and others it just won't just pure white like my, my arms you can look at them and it looks like most of the time really quite bright anyway in any case with that makeup on though um there were situations and I wonder did this have anything to do with that and where I was sitting and where I was sitting and it drew back to mind that of you know the first black woman um even though I don't as I say I don't consider myself one particular colour like I'd always just grown up looking at myself out and from when I was young looking white and and that's my that's what I would identify as because that's you know I don't think you just change like your ethnicity based on if you managed to tan that year or if you've broken this the skin barrier to like tanning or something um through kind of experience when you were younger and sometimes you can tan like you don't just say well all of a sudden because of that well that makes you a new ethnicity it doesn't um but then there's also the fact well what about beyond that then what if people are different ethnicity but they can tan and so it you just cannot relate it to physical appearance so I think these questions and and then the way that people treat each other based upon that is just crazy, like nuts. But anyway, it did bring me back to this because there was these two people, though, they became so covetous. So the Lord put me in this situation to experience this and then to bring this up for the church. God bless and help us all through this, right? Because there'll be areas of this that I experienced too. I'm going to admit it. I have to, to be able to help to heal other people. But I was to a certain extent like that about where I was going to sit in the church like I had very much come into one place and there were other people that wanted to go here and there and different places and I'm like I just want to like sit at this place that I feel like the Lord has got chosen for me and it was because I felt in the Lord that I had been chosen that is why it became specific that I had to sit at that area of the church now if me personally as a human being I had chosen that just because of human needs without being called in God so specifically it would be quite different it would be known as being covetous so it wasn't in that way in that format but I don't feel I feel a strong discernment that because I feel strongly in the Lord the Lord put me there to the front of the bus on purpose not because he I wanted to not because, like, I couldn't, you know, it was just, I didn't even think. I 
thought, well, the person that I'd been sitting with before, perhaps she'll be sitting with someone else. So the bus looks really full and I felt really, really, that's what I could see humanly. But so nothing to do with the ego or human version upon this decision. But the decision was based in the Holy Spirit. Like I felt a strong calling in the Holy Spirit sit here. And this is what it was for. Glory to God and God help us all. But it's a sign of the Spirit that the other people who came up, this man was like, I'm afraid you're sitting on our seats. Me and my wife are sitting there. Well, clearly they're not because you're not sitting here. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? They don't belong to you. You're not sitting here because I'm sitting. Like, the, the reality is they're not. Um, but I eventually got up because I felt sorry for them. I had compassion for them and I felt sorry for them. Um, <clears throat> and I thought they looked weak. And because they looked weak and they were older, I wanted them to feel comfortable and not to feel any form of stress or upset. So um, because of that reason, that's obviously why I did that. But maybe um, in the Lord, if the Lord wanted me to take that further, I would. But from what I could sense in, in the decisions that I took, it must have been something deeper that the Lord was wanting me to go through with this. But I do feel that there was an area of covetousness that they were practicing that the Lord wanted me to highlight. And because I wasn't practicing that level of covetousness, and I was called in God to do that. And then um, there wasn't any further call in God to, to remain um, there. And as I say, I felt sorry for them. And I looked upon them as being weak and I wanted them to, to feel comfortable so I wanted to make them feel, as I say, more comfortable. But I did feel still uh, humanly and through the power of the Holy Spirit that there was something untoward in terms of their level of covetousness that if they let go of, they will heal. There's something that they perhaps need to heal. I don't know if they're aware of it or not, but it's to do with covetousness. Glory to God. So we need to think... like. What is this reflecting? Like, if you're doing that, like, why are you doing that? Then it makes me think, also with my skin tone, perhaps I looked really healthy. And perhaps that was it. Like, I seemed really healthy to them. They felt hard done to not being as healthy. And I also perceived that they weren't as healthy and I perceived them as weak. And therefore, that's why I did that. I, I moved quite happily, um, perceiving them as the weaker ones that needed more comfort but still regarding it as not quite appropriate and there is a degree of covetousness there but weighing it all up overall that they would learn their lesson at a, at a later point this could be, be being it but I'm not going to mention them so I'm not going to put them in the spot um, by name or anything like that but um, yeah then it made me think and I think back to what happened with people who were black See, when you look at people that do have a deeper skin tone, could it be this? Could it be that in those days, and still to a certain degree in this day, that when people look upon people that are really, really dark-skinned... Now, when I look at many of these... I'm just going to say it. There are many, like, um, types of, like, um, you know... What would you call it? Um, charities, charity-based things. 
um for people in like Africa for example and I have picked up and this has been something that has happened and I've experienced perhaps for the purpose of this and I'm looking at these people that are you know there's charity like collections and things for and I'm thinking these people look so happy they look so abundantly blessed look so healthy their skin tone looks extremely extraordinarily healthy their skin in general looks abundant blessed glowing plump um and they look just really healthy like really blessed i'm like this is what a strange from what i'm seeing in the picture and then that hits me like questioning all different kind of like things as well about just how you know God blesses people that are otherwise or maybe in other ways like thought by others is meant to be poor. They just do not look that way at all. Like they are shining and glowing and they look so healthy. But I wonder if this is something and perhaps this was something in the past that you know people that think that they're hard done to um, or maybe aren't like generally generally look upon others perhaps even like myself sitting there did they think that person looks so, like, healthy? Uh, this is everything. You know what I mean? Was that also the case? You know, because just getting to, like, go through that, perhaps, you know? If my skin tone wasn't as dark as that, if I hadn't put any makeup on that day, would I still get treated the same way? Would they still feel that? Would I still be exuding the same level of health? And or and would they still uh, try to compare? Would they still be that covetous if it was anyone else that sat there as well? Is a question. But also too, reflecting back to the times where um, people went through that on buses um, way, way back, as we say. Was that the case? Did people in those days look at people that were of a different colour, that were of a deeper skin tone and think, They've got it good. They look healthy. Could that have been something to do with it? A level of vulnerability and a a level of what's it? Perceived um covetousness or or um entitlement to something. Mm, I don't know, I'm just questioning it and I'm just wondering Mm. you see all these things fell out for the furtherance of the gospel glory to God so I feel in the Holy Spirit God wants me to rebuke him don't ever do that again Um, must be to help to heal them but yeah don't do that again Go and sit somewhere else. Um and yeah. Do not be torn do not tear us under, do not be torn asunder. But if God sets you apart or if God wants you to sit somewhere else, like maybe that's what's happened to them. Shuzak. Maybe God's trying to separate them. I don't know. I definitely didn't know that they were sitting there before, didn't look at them before, didn't know who was sitting there, so none to do with me, um, in human form, but God definitely working through me there towards them. So, um, and I felt called in the Holy Spirit to rebuke them. 
oh my god you help me i saw them as like weak but see perhaps this is part of the healing oh no god bless us all right but yeah don't ever do that again yeah so i'm pure in the lord like when i do these things so just to to highlight it um like i don't i wouldn't be doing these like i'm very like pure and able to be humble and stuff like that i just Sit at the back, sit at the front, sit at the middle, sit at the bit, sit at the top, sit at the bottom. It, it is irrelevant uh, with regards to any human, like, there's no human covetousness about it. Um, that's why I'm chosen. Like, I I do things based on the Lord. So just to double and um, put that out there, that that's why that is happening. And um, so therefore, it's even more vital. That this is taken extraordinarily seriously. Mm-hmm. I think this is a good idea. This is a healing um, idea. Now, I, I wanted to be sensitive about this because I did reflect on it and it, um, I wanted to think about this. I thought, do like all these like buses need to be stopped again with regards to like, um, had out situations or where people like behaved in such kind of disorderly, like, or ways which seem like, you know, cause disorder by because of the covetousness and that kind of thing things that just you know like you just don't do kind of thing it's like so no i don't i don't think that the these buses or these trips should be stopped but i think that it would be wise to consider and to to try this out even considering the the not tearing asunder of and all the rest of it and making sure that people are comfortable i think a healing act or something to try would be this um to break covetousness and to build trust with people um who between who have friendships or between who are married with uh, the wider church and with other people with themselves with each other to build trust and be appropriate within themselves and to be appropriate with their own spousal marriages to other friendships this is what i would recommend not to be covetous with seats, not to be covetous with how things will go, not to be covetous with tradition. There's nothing wrong with tradition, but this is a healing process. Not to be covetous about this, not to form expectation or bonds to expectation. Um, but also importantly, to sit on a different seat, if possible or with different people, not to sit or have to sit or to feel so bound or covetous towards a particular seat, person, situation, group or whatever. And again, that is with sensitivity with regards to, um, you know, it's not like tearing asunder or anything like that. But what it is doing is strengthening the bond. And, you know, obviously if there's something that's unhealthy in terms of two covetous, it's, there's no trust or something there, it will break that if it's meant to be broken. But it will strengthen bonds between people and it will give healing, I believe, as well. And help them to trust each other and to be pure of heart and to be appropriate. Like There shouldn't be anything covetous there. And so I think that that's a good way to like practice breaking that. 
and to build strength in the relationship with putting God first above all um, situations, uh, seat types, people that you're with, um, groups or any other formations. It is to put the relationship with God first. So I would suggest that will be a big, strong healing thing that if there is another like boss going to anywhere or like any situation like that, try and break away, try and break apart and don't be covetous and try and um, let yourself be free-flowing in the Lord and, and reach out to other people in the church or other people across the other churches as well.